This is the Partnership for the Arts Talk Show, where we talk art. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. Hello, wife. Good to have you back in the studio again. Hi, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's good to be here. And how are you doing? Feeling blessed. Got my coffee. Looking forward to enjoying some of that, but I'm looking forward to the show because it's going to be a very special show. We have got someone coming on here that uh, that I've known for a while, talking about Russell Emanuel. He is a movie director. I believe 15 movies or so, something like that. He'll he'll correct me on that number. We have uh, talked before, but he is doing a new movie now, CD19. So we're going to have him on the show here in a minute when we come back. So you ready to start the show? Yeah. Okay, here we go. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can find us on our Facebook page at Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find us on our new website at pftatalkshow.org. PFTA Talk Show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Welcome back to Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. And we have our guest via the web standing by. So let's say hello to them. Russell Manuel. Russ, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey. Hey, Russ. Welcome to the show. Right. Welcome to the show, Russ. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. How you doing? Good. Good to hear from you again. Good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? I think uh, three years. Well, something like that. I think a little longer, actually, since you've been on the show. Uh, we have been talking on and off since then. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Russ, the last time you were on the show, the movie that you were doing at the time, Occupants. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see, that was phenomenal. Yeah, no kidding. Not to mention that I love that movie, of course. I think we we did a little part to get you started on that one. Uh, but the uh, the awards you won, film festivals around the world, were, were quite a bit. Yeah, it, it was a very surreal experience. Now, Throw me a number out there as far as the last time you can remember the account of awards that you got that movie. Oh, well, that's, uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think the last time we talked, you were at 50. Well, I am looking at IMDb. It says 123 wins. So I, I guess that could be the number. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's more than that for some reason. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. Award wise, uh, it, it could be. Yeah, it only logs the uh, awards that on IMDb that recognizes the festivals. Ah. Um, okay. So it's probably more, but it does officially say 123. Right. Yeah, because I I know those film festivals were going on in uh, Europe. I believe there were some film festivals in Russia that had yeah. shown and won awards as well. So yeah, it's yeah. it's probably out there more than that. Okay. Uh, now that you mentioned Occupants is actually, um, is being rebranded as, uh, with a new title, Alterverse. So um, it's going to uh, be on uh, 2B TV and Amazon Prime. 
So for anybody who wants to watch it, it will now be called Alterverse. So Russ, why would you rebrand it? Yeah, you retitled it Ultraverse. How come? So Occupants is what, six years old now? maybe five years. So there's, o- there's only a certain uh, shelf life to a film. Um, and by rebranding it, it extends that shelf life. Um, and actually, uh, several of my feature films have been re- rebranded. Mm-hmm. Um, PJ is now Heaven's Messenger, which you can see on Tubi TV and Amazon Prime. That's my first feature film I directed like 12 years ago. Um, and then uh, Chasing the Green, my second feature, is now Big Shots. Um, and again, you can see that on TVTV and Amazon Prime. So it, again, it extends uh, the shelf life of a film. And hopefully, um, you know, a whole new audience will be able to appreciate it. So yeah. <laughs> we've covered that part. Let's get to your new movie. Yeah, so let's hear about that one. Okay. What you can um, tell us about it. Well, the new movie we're actually still filming, it's called Staycation. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's a horror film in the uh, pandemic genre. And pandemic is, should be a term that a lot of people or if not most people are, or all people are familiar with. Right. Um, so, you know, um, this is actually kind of a take on uh, COVID-19, but it's not. It's a horror film. Um, I can't explain. I can't say what type of horror, but there definitely is a sort of a monster, if you will. Yeah, I understand you have quite a few big names on uh, your cast yeah, there. Yeah, right. We have several name actors in the film that we've already filmed, actually, uh, back in November. Um, and that's a story in itself. So uh, I could get to the COVID compliance requirement that we had to do to make the film happen. Is, is that... That part of the horror movie? Uh, that, that's that's my personal <laughs> horror movie, yes. Uh, and it's a very expensive horror movie at that. But we had uh, actress Olivia Dabo. Ooh, Star Wars. Yeah, who was more recently in The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, she was in Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, The Wonder Years, Law and Order Criminal Intent, uh, Conan the Destroyer, I think. So she's been around um, and, you know, she was on the IMDb uh, star meter. IMDb is the internet movie database. It was uh, at 36, 36, which is a very, very high number. And that, that, I don't know why it was at 36 for her, but I know that it can only help staycation uh, because she is our lead actress. So we had Olivia Dabo. We had Sean Kenny, who was a crippled Captain Pike on Star Trek, the original series back in uh, 1966. We have Tracy Lee Coco, who's a background regular named Lieutenant J on Star Trek, The Next Generation. She's been in um, three of the Next Generation feature films. We have Eileen Dietz, who was in The Exorcist. She played Pazuzu. And we will be filming uh, Kelly Maroney, who was in Night of the Comet and uh, Fast Times of Ridgemont High. And Lorene Landon was in movies like Airplane 2. Hey, Russ, I have a question. When did you actually film? We did film in November, film pickups in December, percent of the feature. You know, it, it's pretty sizable. The good thing is, again, we have our lead act, actress, Olivia Dabo. We've already filmed her. 
very, very wonderful person. Uh, Sean Kenny, Tracy Coco also, Eileen also. So Russ, let's back up here for a minute. Uh, let's, let's talk about filming during CV-19. Oh yeah. So COVID thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if you noticed, but filming during COVID is not, not very cheap. <laughs> and there aren't a lot of uh, films of our level that are happening right now, which is actually a good thing for us because there's, that means there's not a lot of content uh, for the uh, exhibitors. So our film, which is a horror film, which is a genre that tends to sell like Occupants, which is now called Ultraverse. And it can be below 90 minutes, just like Occupants, which was 81 minutes, because again, horror tends to sell. Our film um, has name actors, including one that's in a quintessential horror film, you know, The Exorcist. It's about a pandemic, which everybody can relate to. So call that the trifecta. Before principal photography, uh, before November, I actually sold that concept to the investors on the film. And I, I was able to sell them because of that trifecta, if you will. And it is something that we did an Indiegogo campaign to raise the finishing funds. And uh, as you know, Dave, that uh, it was overly successful. It was 180% right above our goal. So yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of momentum. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful. And um, yeah, it, it, it's been a ride. Russ, how many films have you directed now? <laughs> well, I, I know I directed five feature films. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, two, I, I don't know, five, six shorts, maybe. Okay. But definitely five feature films. So what's the difference between a short and a feature? Mm-hmm. Well, according to the IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, if it's Below 45 minutes, it's a short. And you've had a history of doing these movies, at least I think with the features, of always looking for your biggest fan base that you love, of course, is Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I love Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, you and I, we we are both definitely big Trekkies. We, we've had plenty of conversations about that. Yeah. So you have gone through and you've, you've searched out and you've worked with quite a few actors in Star Trek. Uh, yeah. feature films and television shows mm-hmm. like uh well i meant with with a uh, staycation i mentioned olivia davo mm-hmm. uh sean kenny tracy coco they've all been in star trek mm-hmm. i i did two films in the assassin's apprentice mm-hmm. uh franchise if you will and i worked with uh, marina sirtis yep counselor troy yeah um, I worked with Armin Shimmerman, Robert Picardo. I worked with Robert Picardo on several films, including three or four of my feature films. Um, uh, Gary Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've been very honored, very privileged to work with actors of that caliber. Okay, well, hold on there, Russ. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Casey Nemec from Studio 7 Center for Creative Studies. And I love Where We Talk Art with Dave. Ah, so did you hear that? 
Yeah, yeah, I heard uh, where she loves where we talk art with Dave. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Casey Nevick, thank you for that commercial. Thanks, uh, Casey. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful lady. What she does there with Studio 7 and all of those students is just incredible. The uh, community support they give back is just amazing. Very involved in the community. Yeah, yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful lady, wonderful staff over there. Uh, so we are here with director, movie producer, Russell Manuel. We are talking about his latest film, Staycation. And I got to ask you, now, obviously, those names have been around for quite a while, some of them since the original series. Yeah. Uh, you go through a process of, of looking for them, I guess, uh, going through their agents. I mean, how do you, uh, how do you decide on who you're going to pursue? So just as a, an FYI, Staycation is actually my first feature film that I'm actually producing and I'm the head producer. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, for my previous films, uh, I've been kind of like a director for hire. Uh, including all five of my features, um, you know, from PJ up to uh, Whisper, or I should say Heaven's Messenger up to American Whisper. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've worked with uh, wonderful producers, Howard Nash. Um, you know, Howard is the reason you and I met, Dave, because mm -hmm. of Occupants, you know, he produced it. Right. Now, again, it's called Alterverse. And I've worked with on um, The Assassin's Apprentice, franchise, uh, Paul Hickman, uh, Ryan T. Husk. And these are the people who knew these actors, basically. And okay. the reason, yeah, I was able to work with people like, you know, Sean Kenny or Olivia Dabo is it, it's, it's all connected to these previous films, you know, and uh, it seems that people who were either part of the, the crowdfunding part of it um, and came on as producers or whatnot. They liked what I was doing. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and, you know, they recommended me. So one executive producer, Ed, he recommended me to his friend, Sean Kenny, Sean and Taki Kenny. And I've wow. become uh, very good friends. And, you know, because of that, it, it all it's all tied together. So Howard Nash is because of Howard. I met Robert Picardo because of Occupants. I met Paul Hickman. And, and it just all, you know, it's like a domino effect. By the time I did Staycation, I had enough of a resume that I could approach an actor or an actress who doesn't know me. And I could just say, just look me up, look me up on IMDb. And, you know, I don't have to really sell myself, you know? Right. So, yeah, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a process. And, you know, I'm just very, very grateful to be at the point I mean, you know, where I am in 2021. So Russ, I got a question for you. What's it like now that you're actually doing both? I mean, cause you're directing and now the producer. Basically, you know, I I'm hiring people to work under me. And one fear that I had, I, this is a trepidation is that somebody would test positive, very afraid of that. And I think we lucked out to be honest. And yes, look, we, we did the COVID compliance requirement, uh, because, you know, we were, we had to, uh, through the Screen Actors Guild, it ended up costing us one sixth of our budget. Wow. Um, when we shot in November, which is wow. why I started an Indiegogo campaign for finishing funds in the first place. So basically the money that I had allotted for post-production was eaten up during principal photography because of the COVID requirements. 
Uh, that included PPE kits, air filtration units, mm-hmm. um, you know, a COVID compliance officer, including food. You know, you can't like eat out in the open anymore. Like you can't have an open container. I mean, everything has to be packaged. So it cost us a lot of money and, and, and it also aided into the efficiency. See, what, what do you mean by that, Russ? For instance, when we show up on set each day, you have to check in like you're going through the TSA at an airport. Oh, wow. And so, you know, uh, what, one story, which is kind of funny in retrospect, <laughs> uh, our sound guy, uh, Brian, wonderful guy, he lived like five minutes away from the set and he was quote unquote 45 minutes late, but he wasn't really late. He was just in line waiting to get in through our TSA checkpoint. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> you know, of course, you know, the, the efficiency is eaten up. And I was actually very, very concerned. And again, I'm the head producer, you know, so time is money, right? And I'm my investors. Um, so I was very concerned that we wouldn't make our days. And especially with Olivia Dabo, we only had her for half a day. And we had to film her on, you know, one day, basically. That's all we could afford. So luckily we made our days and I was very pleasantly surprised. I was shocked to be honest, um, but we didn't make our days. It's definitely a good lesson to go through because even for me, um, you know, I've done five feature films, but very eye-opening and it was very expensive. Well, I guess after these uh, challenges, Russ, next feature film should be a breeze, huh? Knock on wood, <laughs> no. Oh. Well, going through those challenges, I mean, with CV-19, I mean, everybody, you know, listening, no doubt has had their own challenges going through CV-19. And and I know yeah. we have here with our scheduling of our shows as well. Mary. Yes, our schedule has been a little um, entertaining. Entertaining, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the fundraising that you did that, because I want to get back to that, we, we talked and uh, you were looking for some additional things, as you talked about. So, so we kind of went on a little campaign as well for you. Yes, thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> it really shocked me when you told me. I, I'm kind of very, very great. And in return for that, because you had certain uh, perks out there for ones that, yeah. that helped along that. Yeah, your, right? your coffee mug, yes. And you get, to, you get a mention of uh, your uh, partnership for the arts in the yeah. film. And I, I welcome both of you as... Uh, Two exceptional actors on staycation. <laughs> wow, exceptional actors. Oh, the pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that was one of my my bucket list, but I, I got that now. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the IMDB, by the way. You're on the staycation cast list. What? Really? There you Both go. of you. <laughs> So quite a few people that, that came up to the challenge and, and raised the money. We're happy to be able to do that and, and get the uh, perk of, of actually being in part of your film. I never thought I would actually say that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very happy that you're part of the film. So thank you. Well, you could, you could thank everybody else. I, I did a small part of it. So Russ, moving on from there, let's talk about your scheduling for your filming, because I'm curious. I mean, we didn't really have a chance to talk about this last time you were on the show. Uh, you've got actors, you've got different scenes, and and you've got to put all that together and be efficient uh, in that, as you had mentioned. Time is money, of course. So give us some insight. How, how do you work all that? Well, the way we film, you 
basically shoot out the actor's scenes out of sequence. This is mm -hmm. how filmmaking works. So it's basically more, more based on logistics. For instance, you want to cram as much into one shoot day as possible. Otherwise, it costs you more money, right? Mm -hmm. So you would schedule, let's say, actor A uh, scenes 22, 48, 97, you know, but you shoot that all at the same time and you start from 9 a.m. to noon, let's say, and then you go to scene 16 with another actor and you shoot that right before lunch. Then you take a lunch, then you come back. Then by that point, the next set is set up and then you shoot, let's, I don't know, you know, scene 13, mm -hmm. 82, 91 like that that's how it works you know i'm, I'm just you know this is all like sure throwing you know, numbers it's, out. I, I, it's, i'm just throwing out numbers there so you yeah. know I, but yeah i mean i i think i hopefully you get you get the idea you have to shoot that way for let's say olivia dabo uh we only have her for half a day right so we mm -hmm. have to shoot all her scenes in that half a day when we shot with uh, armin shimmerman for this assassin's apprentice too same thing i i had to shoot everything with armin um, we had him for the whole day for one day and that's it. So all his scenes were shot. So, um, the scheduling was kind of like wrap, uh, basically revolved around him, you know, and there was a scene that he was in that we had to plan. We had, we, we basically had to shoot the next day, but as if he was there, but he wasn't, you know, different angles. So the that's same true. scene, but different angles and he's not there anymore. But so we shot the, the part of the scene that he's in it from, let's say, his close-ups or the establishing shot. And then the next day, we shot the close-up of the other actors. It's as if he's, you know, there, you know, interacting. And then during the editing process, you put that together, then it looks like he's there. Pretty normal. Like when I did uh, American Whisper, mm -hmm. uh, we filmed at a gun store, but we only had two hours to film in that gun store. So that day, if I remember correctly, the 2017, uh, we shot some scenes in the morning at the, the bar scene, like the Oasis bar scene. Then we, I, I was driven to the gun store, and which opened at eight, and we only had two hours, and then we filmed there. Then we went back to the Oasis bar, and we continued filming some more scenes, something like that. Really, who would come up with the, it, it wasn't, you know, I, I guess it would be the producers and so the producers or the UPM, the unit production managers, uh, maybe with the first AD, the assistant director, they would come up with some kind of scheduling, you know, and basically I was kind of like, you know, uh, chaperoned around, <laughs> around, you know, and then uh, just, we filmed and we, we got the shots and we moved on. Now that I'm, you know, producing staycation. Yeah. I got to think about that. You know, like uh, we have to shoot, you know, some scenes in Huntington Beach, which is where I live. We have to shoot some, some scenes in Los Angeles, you know, and we'll, we'll make it work because that's just, you know, how filmmaking is. If you go offsite, does that pretty much take a whole day to do? It, it's a, it's called a company move. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you have a skeleton crew. Sometimes it'll just be myself, the DP, uh, who will be Emil Harris, who's also the writer and my uh, producing partner for Staycation. And by the way, with Emil Harris, um, he worked on Occupants. He worked on everything. And I've known him for like 20 years. So very good friend of mine. And, you know, I trust him implicitly. So sometimes just him, myself, 
you know, he may do sounds. We may have the actor just do their own makeup. If it's just, uh, you know, a location shoot, let's say. Like we have a scene with two actors and we're probably going to drive to somewhere in the desert and we, we're just going to film there. So, you know, sometimes it's just four or five people. Sometimes you need more. During COVID, you know, people tend to be more comfortable when there's less people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because of social distancing and everything. So even when we filmed... The November shoot with uh, Olivia Dabo, we filmed at the Envisionate Studios in Burbank, California. And they've um, had clients like Nickelodeon and Lifetime filmed there. So it, it's an actual studio. Even pre-COVID, they would only allow up to 40 people. Because of COVID, uh, we had maybe at most 30 people uh, because we had some complicated setups like lighting gags, uh, special effects makeup on one of our actresses, uh, Bailey Sorrell. But other times we did pickups and we had about 10 people and the place we were filming, um, you know, they asked, they asked about that. They said, how many people are you going to have there? And then we said, oh, about 10. They're like, okay, we feel comfortable with that. So, you know, it really depends on the situation. You know, you just plan it. So we found a a studio to film at and they had all the sets that we wanted. Uh, They had a bedroom set, they had an apartment set, they had a a newsroom set, and then they had an office set. And, you know, these are all, it's on a soundstage. So, you know, uh, the environment's controlled and we didn't have to do a company move. So, you know, we just rented that weekend. Uh, We had a prep day on Friday and then we shot over the weekends and we just got all the shots. Um, When we did the pickups, yeah, that was done on location, if you will. It was interior and we had uh, green screen setups. So just FYI with uh, staycation, 40% of the film uh, is done in in the style of like found footage, kind of like occupants, Ultraverse was, um, where people can stare at the cameras or people are doing what we're doing now, you know, talking on Zoom, talking on Skype, and then you see their images in their into the camera, which, you know, in uh, film terms, we call the fourth wall, which uh, in narrative, classical narrative films, you're not supposed to stare at the fourth wall, which is you can't stare at the camera, but you can in a found footage film. And uh, 40% of this film is kind of like that. It could be, um, you know, YouTubers. It could be a commercial kind of like in RoboCop. If you remember the uh, 1987 film RoboCop, they had commercials interspersed throughout the film. And you could stare at the camera, you know, and then, you know, 40% of the film is kind of like that. So, you know, our our film is kind of inventive. Your scenes is also going to be like that. You know, it's going to be kind of like probably a commercial break. I don't know 100% if that's true because it's the writer, Emil Harris. He's, he's coming up with your parts. Yeah. He's writing the scene for you. But I'm assuming that it's going to be something like that. Like you're on a radio program. You probably There's probably going to be a scene where an actress or an actor, they drink from your mug, you know? There something. we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. We look forward to, uh, <laughs> to seeing what you come up with. <laughs> well, oh, me too. You know, the writer, Emil Harris is an amazing writer. He's won a lot of awards for his writing. He's won a lot of awards for his editing and, you know, his cinematography. So, you know, he's somebody I, I totally trust to come up with, um, you know, um, a good scene for you, for everybody. So, yeah. So, Russ, I have a question about the script and how that works. After the writer's done, how involved are you in the script? Do you make any changes? Are you able to make any modifications or how do you proceed then? 
Uh, you know, um, part of it's based on logistics. You know, uh, when we shot Occupants, uh, our writer, uh, her name was Julia Camera. She wrote a script. Um, originally, uh, Robert Picardo's character was a woman, but mm. because of Robert um, and she and her husband were big Star Trek fans, they switched it to, <laughs> to a man. When we shot in the house, I think it called for two camera setups per room and there were like four or five rooms but the house we got there was only three rooms then we could only afford one camera setup so based on the location or logistics things are changed you know okay russ so uh, we've been talking about directing and, and i know you're producing this and i'm sure every director has their own style uh for working with actors and that what what's yours so yeah, the way I direct, you know, I, I like to give my actors a leeway. They get tongue twisted on a word, let's say, like for me, you know, I have a overbite and it's hard for me to say like the TH sound. So like three, like I have to think about it. Three, three, like that. You see, it, it's, it, it's as if I'm emphasizing it. And then I think for an actor, then if they're quote unquote acting, and they get tongue twisted, they start thinking about that word. So, you know, if something like that happens, I'm, you know, and as a director, that's just, you know, I, I would take the script. I would obviously honor the writer, but at the same time, it has to bend to reality. You know, it depends on the actor, depends on the location, and depends on a lot of things. When you do too many takes, an actor would peak. Mm -hmm. um, their performance, and it'll be very difficult to recapture that. And so you want to avoid that, you know, if you can, you want to uh, avoid giving what they call result direction, which is basically, you know, okay, be more angry. Okay, be more sad. But you're like, okay, but why? You know, I mean, that's what the actor would, you know, normally ask, why am I sad? Why am I angry? You know, basically the cliche, what is my motivation? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. What is, what is the motivation? So I try to avoid that, you know, result direction if possible. I mean, if you're running out of time and there's not anything else you can do, sometimes I have to resort to doing that. You know, it's all logistics. It's not like binary, you know, filmmaking is one medical. Um, it's an art. Well, Russ, we can certainly relate to that. And uh, that's good to know. Because Mary and I are going to be doing our small part in the movie, so it's uh, it's good to know we can look forward to that kind of direction if it's needed, most likely needed. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Russ, I know we've had discussions about this, but uh, you know, uh, forewarned there have been plenty of times, Mary and Taya, uh, there's been plenty of times where I've I've gotten tongue twisted or, you know, even called the guest by the wrong name so we'll do our best to make sure we get those uh those few lines uh right the first time for you how about that oh i mean you know i mean the good thing about uh filmmaking is you could do it again let's go again take two okay action <laughs> okay so it'd be something like okay dave take 68 uh, <laughs> you're a little tongue-tied huh <laughs> tongue-tied yeah okay or just Hey, can we just go with Mary? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't know about Take 68. I, I think I um, had a joke on one film where it was, uh, what was it The Disaster Artist? It was a, you know, it was a, a take on The Room. 
and they had one scene where the actor was doing, okay, take 69. Oh, well, hey, I'm good with 68. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Russ, next question. What's the longest production shooting time-wise that you've done? Well, in terms of shooting at the same time, I would say Chasing the Green, which is called Big Shots. We shot for three and a half weeks, and it's, it's now a 102-minute film. But in terms of the amount of duration yeah. where, where basically the shoot was broken up into different sections it would be the assassin's apprentice 2 we started filming that uh in march 2019 and we finished filming in november 2019 and we actually uh in september 2019 uh, did some location shooting in uh the canary islands in spain oh that and was rough <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know it, it. That was a skeleton shoot. Obviously, we couldn't, you know, afford a full crew there. But it was definitely it was an experience. Producer Paul Hickman, he's also the writer. Before he said, "Hey, you, you want to go to the Canary Islands?" I'm like, "What? You mean the Cayman Islands?" I had no idea where the Canary Islands were. It, it's off the coast of North Africa, off of Morocco, right? Off mm -hmm. of Morocco. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a, it's like a, you know, territory of Spain. It's like, I would say the Hawaii of Spain, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's like that. And yeah, we, we filmed there, but yeah, I meant for Assassin's Apprentice too. And, and uh, it, it was the most ambitious film I've done because we filmed over what, eight months and you have to match continuity. You were mentioning continuity, right? That, that, that the, the hairstyle, you know, just everything. And, you know, it, that that was the most difficult part, just continuity, you know, uh, the actress Tara Page, you know, you know, her hair, everybody's hair, it, it grows out, right? And then you get a haircut. And, you know, you have to think about this stuff, you know, what, uh, you know, uh, outfits they were wearing, you know, I mean, who really remembers eight months later, you know, but, you know, that's what we had to do. So I think in that case, it was the most ambitious film I've ever done because of the continuity issues over eight months. Okay, okay. So question, your favorite movie thus far? You know, uh, I, I have to say it's Occupants or Ultraverse. Mm -hmm. I, I just love that film. Um, you know, I had a great time. That, that was like um, 10 straight shoot days. And, you know, the, the actors were phenomenal. The crew was, you know, was fun. And we, we just had a good time filming that. And, you know, it was, it, it was the film that really, you know, uh, basically, you know, was my breakout film feel. Yeah, I've done other films before that. And I've worked with, you know, various actors like, you know, the late John Hurd, the Home Alone dad. That's right. So, Russ, I got a question for you. When did you know the occupants was going to be so successful? When did you know you really had something? I, I knew we had something when we won the top prize, one of the top prizes at Shriek Fest, uh, one of the top genre festivals. And when that happened, it, it just it was like a domino effect. And that was 2016. You know, I, I, I don't think we would have met Dave uh, if it wasn't for occupants. You know? Right. So, yeah, that film, I hold very dear to my heart. And I, I just, you know, I had a good time doing that film, you know, and uh, I, I look to recapture that magic. You know, one reason that, you know, I love doing films like Assassin's Apprentice 1 and 2 or, um, you know, uh, Whisper or now Staycation is, is to recapture that fun magic, you know, because if you don't have fun making a film, I, I don't think the movie magic really shows up, you know. 
And, you know, I've worked on films, you know, as a, like a, a PA, a production assistant, mm -hmm. where nobody liked each other on the film. And it's like, wow, you're in your little groups, you know, the makeup department, you know, the grips and electric, you know, they all didn't talk to each other. And I'm like, that, that's not very conducive, you know, for filmmaking. And it actually, and in my, in my opinion, in my book, you know, I mean, everybody has different opinions, of course. Uh, but in my, in my opinion, you know, that, that makes for um, not a very good film. You know, you just don't see that magic. Certainly not a good time while you're doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, why, why do it if you don't have a good time making the film? You know, I mean, it just, it boggles my mind. So, yeah. So Russ, I have to ask because Dave's mentioned it a couple of times, but uh, he won't tell me the answer. So right. what is your favorite moment from uh, the occupants? <laughs> my favorite, Favorite moment actually was after we wrapped uh, the last shot. Okay, so by that point, you know, it's been 10 straight shoot days and you know, filming is very tough. And you know, it's long, it's long hours, right? So at that point I was delirious and neurotic and whatnot. And, you know, um, I, was, I was bottling all the stress in, right? Because, you know, it's, it's stressful. It's fun, but it's stressful. You have to get the shots. Um, I was talking to our UPM, uh, Jennifer Durst, very wonderful actress, by the way. Um, and she played a, uh, the, the, uh, the double, the hand double for mm -hmm. our lead actress, Brianna White. And so, you know, we needed it. Um, we needed a, a name for her character with, you know, who she was playing, right? And then, you know, I was there with the, uh, when the executive producer, Aaron Redford, and all three of us were just like talking, right? And then one of the production assistants who, by the way, his name is Oscar Pareda, and now he's one of my executive producers. So he's definitely oh. moved up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a wonderful guy, by the way, and he is acting in staycation. Uh, but wow. he's like, he's like, what about evil hands? And suddenly the three of us, you know, Aaron, myself, and Jen, we just broke out into hysterical laughter. <laughs> <laughs> and we couldn't stop laughing for 15 minutes. So it was hysteria. It was because it didn't, going, oh my God, that's funny. You know, but then, you know, because of the stress was so bottled up for like the 10 shoot days. Right. It got to a point where, you know, your stomach starts hurting, right? Because you can't stop laughing. And I, I think that was the best moment we had on Occupants. Yeah, when, you're, when you're laughing so hard, your stomach hurts and you can't stop laughing. But your stomach hurts so bad, you're, you're doubled over. I know we've had a couple of moments like that here on the show. More than a few. <laughs> but that was a fun story. I'm glad you shared that with us. Thank you. There you go. And uh, that's often been referred to evil hands since then, right? <laughs> it's been evil. <laughs> yeah. And I always make fun of with Jennifer. I mean, can you show me your hands? <laughs> like, like, so I worked with Jen on several films, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like every film, we always emphasize our hands and it, it, it's not intentional. So we did a film called Collar together mm -hmm. uh, by, uh, you know, the producers, Troy Gabaldon, and he's also the writer and he's also a wonderful guy. And she had a shot where she had to pray in a confessional. So we called her Praying Hand. She had a film, a role in uh, The Sass's Apprentice. And the, there's this one shot where she had 
kind of twist her hand and then pour from a whiskey bottle into a shot glasses. And she's like, that doesn't, this is not very natural for me. I'm like, but, but you know, for the DP, it looked good on camera, right? So the way she poured, we called her creepy hands. Joe, the big joke is, hey, Russ, when are you going to show me, show my feet? <laughs> um and during that, that uh, the uh, festival, Shriekfest, where we won, you know, the, uh, the mm -hmm. top award, the best sci-fi feature for occupants. So she was there and it was a red carpet. And we had a little gag where <laughs> her hand was interviewed. <laughs> and it was walking on the red carpet. <laughs> so yeah, it, it definitely, uh, that gag has continued to this very day. And it, she worked on staycation. Uh, she was our uh, UPM. Um, oh. during uh, the November shoot and she will be acting in the film because honestly she's a she's a great actress she's a wonderful person and I love to work with people like that well we can't wait to see her hand <laughs> yeah yes I'll tell her that <laughs> okay so would you say out of uh, filming and all that that obviously <laughs> was a lot of fun some of uh, your best moments you remember yeah, you know, there was uh, one moment on uh, Chasing the Green, which again is called Big Shots now, where I turned 30 years old on that film. This is my second feature film. So, you know, now I'm 43. So this was like 13 years ago. And it was a uh, scene, it, it was towards the end of the shoot. And I remember that day because the producer, Howard Nash, he, he bought me a pineapple cake. Um, and we had um, our lead actors there, Ryan Hurst, Jeremy London, uh, Heather McComb, Dan Grimaldi was there. And then we had the extras and then we had the crew and it was like maybe like 30, 40 people. And, you know, they were all there wishing me happy birthday. Ah, wonderful. Uh, it, it was so surreal. And, you know, I, I just, you know, I always treasure that moment. And I always tell Howard that, you know, thank you so much for that. You know, really was truly one of the best birthday moments I've ever had was on the set of Chasing the Green. So, yeah. Excellent. We didn't have that kind of company and crew at my birthday, you know, because uh, last March I, I threw my fourth annual surprise birthday party for me. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> surprise. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. The banner says who knew, right? <laughs> and then everybody signs it. Well, I mean, this is a COVID birthday, right? I mean, my last birthday just celebrated with the family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a small group that got together. I don't remember how many there we had, but it was, it was uh, some great music, a, a orchestra quintet, and then uh, uh, fantastic food at FM Don's. But I usually throw a, a, the party as a fundraiser for the Visual Arts Center, and it's usually a, a great blowout. But yeah, this year we, we had it small. But uh, next year, that's different. Uh, Russ, that's, that's when you get your invite. Uh, well, I, I would very much love to meet you in person and buy you that cup of coffee. I always say that I'm going to get you. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yes, and that's true because we, we've known each other since we, we met uh, with the occupants, but uh, yeah. uh, missed each other, Comic-Con at one, but uh, haven't been able yeah. to catch up face-to-face. -face. So uh, looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think we all are. There we go. Russ, we've kept you longer than, than we said we would. We appreciate it. How about contact info? Someone wants to catch up on you, the movie or the staycation updates, where would they go? So you could go to my production website. That's russem.com, R-U-S-S-E-M.com. Basically a combination of my first and last name, Russ mm -hmm. Emanuel. Mm 
-hmm. And you could see, you know, information on all the films, all the features, shorts, uh, web series, whatnot. Uh, Staycation is up there, um, as is, um, you know, Occupants, which is Ultraverse, and the other films I mentioned. Our, the main phase of the campaign has ended to raise the money. So if anybody's interested, you type in Staycation, which is, you know, like vacation, but mm -hmm. instead of VA, it's Stay. And it will come up. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they can they just Google you and they can come up with information. That's that's how I. Yeah, you, you do. Russ Emanuel staycation. It should come mm -hmm. up. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Russ, anything else you want to add before we uh, we wrap up? I, I just, you know, just uh, thank you so much again to, to both of you. And thank you to everybody who was part of the fundraising, anybody who's listening to the show. And to everybody out there, just please stay safe. And, uh, you know, I just hope everybody's had a great 2021. And uh, Happy New Year 2022 coming up, believe it or not. So, Mary, anything else? Well, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much, Russ. It's, it's just been great talking with you. And right. look forward to being on your next film with our 15 seconds of fame <laughs> and the... The coffee mug, of course. <laughs> yes, the coffee mug. The no. coffee mug. Thank you, Russ. It's been great. Appreciate it. Yeah, we do have some other business to talk about in the future there. So we'll get back with you on that comic book. Um, Ooh, love that. Yeah. Great talking to you again. Thanks for taking the time to come on the show and, uh, and catching up again. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. And good luck with the movie. Can't wait to see it when it comes out. Thank you so much. Including our coffee mug. <laughs> Especially the coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> okay, again, thank you, Russ. So, everyone, in the meantime, stay safe, enjoy the arts, <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time. So, Mary, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, everyone, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Russ, again, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much to both of you. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, hey, wait, Russ, you know, I forgot to mention, you know, you, you could go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee now. <laughs>